Everyone, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Happy Thanksgiving week. I know people have big plans for the week. A lot of you are traveling. A lot of you are already traveling. Uh, I hear it's going to be one of the biggest, uh, you know, travel uh, weeks that we've seen in maybe a couple of years because of COVID. A lot tonight in our show. We've got a special guest, someone I've admired for years. He's got a new book out. Dr. Erwin Lutzer, who is the senior pastor of the Moody Church in Chicago. His book is called We Will Not Be Silenced. He'll be here to talk about that in 28 minutes. A lot happening tonight. Next week, I, I'm thinking we're going to do a live show, but we're not going to have a guest, which is typically what happens when we have a holiday week like that, because it's hard to book anybody, which is understandable. But uh, nothing will probably stop me from walking across the house <laughs> to this TV and radio studio that I have built in here uh, into a spare bedroom and uh, fire it up and do at least an hour for you next week. So that is the plan uh, for next week. Okay, so we've got to start with the tragic news that a car plowed through the Waukesha, Wisconsin Christmas Parade. Now, we don't know all of the details about this, and this is how these things happen. We don't know if it was terrorism or what the motivation was. Remember, something like this happened a few months ago. Uh, I think it was in Miami, and it was thought to be terrorism, and it was just somebody that lost control of their car. We don't know yet, but we do know that at least 20 people are injured, according to authorities. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Waukesha, Wisconsin. You know, what a tragedy. Uh, Here's the Christmas parade and all that that represents and all the fun and happiness and families lining the parade route. And then something like this, something terrible like this uh, has to happen. And it just really shows the the contrast of this this wonderful time of year that we're in and then these tragedies that uh seem to be ever present no matter what time of year it is we seem to always have these kinds of situations just a tough tough thing for those folks to go through waukesha wisconsin a fairly small town and uh you know just one of those kind of i don't know just hallmark moments right uh you know the christmas parade and then something like this happens so our thoughts and prayers go out to the families affected by this in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, of course, the other big news this week was Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on all of the charges in the Kenosha trial. I was sort of sitting on pins and needles wondering what was going to happen in this case. And, you know, a lot of people have different opinions. Should he have been there? Should he have insinuated himself in that situation? And I'll be the first one to say as a concealed carry Uh, permit holder, you know, somebody that has a right to legally carry a firearm, uh, you have to be very careful to insinuate yourself into situations like this, because even if you have good motives, anytime you discharge your weapon, there's going to be legal ramifications and you don't want to put yourself in that predicament. Uh, You know, especially in a case like this, you've got law enforcement that's there 
you just this is was not a smart decision for him to insinuate himself into that whole situation. I will say that. But on the other hand, the right of self-defense is the right of self-defense. And I think the jury uh, had the right uh, decision here. And they were even looking for Biden to come out and speak against the jury decision, which he did not, which outraged the left that he did not come out and speak against the jury decision. So that's the other story. Now, the other big court drama that we're following right now is the Ahmaud Arbery murder trial. Now, if you remember, this was the case in Brunswick, Georgia, which is a small town just north of the Florida border. So this is South Georgia, very small town. I, I go there quite often. And the story is uh, there was this uh, young African-American man who the one narrative is he was out jogging. Another narrative is he was casing a house uh, that was under construction to to rob the house. Uh, two men uh, followed him. One got out with a shotgun, a struggle ensued, and this young man was tragically killed. And I told you this from the beginning, that this was not going to be a clear-cut case one way or the other. Again, two civilians insinuating themselves into a situation. Uh, Look, as far as I'm concerned, even if I were a sworn law enforcement officer, I would be extremely extremely worried or, or cautious to discharge my firearm. E- even if I were a sworn law enforcement officer called to the scene of a crime, I would be really hesitant just because of the, I don't know, the climate that's out there. But if you're not a sworn law enforcement officer to to grab shotguns, get into a truck, go out there and, and confront somebody, we don't really know what was happening. We know this young man died. And I don't know. I'm not sure... Again, going back to the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, scenario, I'm not sure that it ever makes sense for people to go out looking for these kinds of confrontations. Now, it's one thing if you're in your own private home and somebody comes crashing through your front door. That's a different story. That's certainly a different story. The idea that you, you know, you go ahead, and load up your shotgun and start driving around looking for somebody that's supposedly up to no good as a non-law enforcement officer, I just, I don't see any reason for that. And you've got, even if these, this man and his son end up being found not guilty, their, their whole life is ruined. I mean, uh, they, they potentially face civil lawsuits after the fact. Uh, they're now infamous uh, in the news. Uh, you know, I know the, the father is sort of in his retirement years, but the son is not. I mean, the son has his whole life ahead of him and who knows what you can do with your life after something like this happens. So that case is, I think, on the fifth or sixth day of testimony and uh, maybe another week or two, and then we're going to have a decision on that case as well. Okay, get into some a little bit less serious stuff here. I, I want to start by uh, just talking about the weight loss again because I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks, got a lot of feedback on it. I got a lot of people texting me tonight because I had mentioned that tomorrow and Tuesday probably be the last two days that I'm working until after Thanksgiving. And a lot of people want to find out more about the weight loss program that I'm on. So I just want to kind of repeat a little bit about it. And then I want to look at me. I looked at myself tonight when I fired up the cameras here in my studio and I look at myself, I, I don't recognize myself, which is kind of creating this odd problem because when we play some of our older shows and there is the fat, porky Jim Paris, 
compared to the current skinnier Jim Paris kind of doesn't even look like the same person. So it's going to create some problems as we run some of those older shows. But I mean, just looking at my face, you kind of wouldn't recognize me. So I, I think I'm like 38 days into this. I've lost over 20 pounds and it's not even just the weight loss. It's I just feel so much better. Uh, I mean, think about it. Go to go to your uh, gym or your weight room at your house. If you have weights, pick up 20 pounds of weights and just think about that amount of weight that you're not carrying that around with you all day. That's what happened to me in less than 40 days on this diet program. Now, I've told you before, I tried keto. It worked, but then I didn't stick with it. I've tried a lot of different programs and nothing ever worked for me. This program, which was designed by a doctor for people that are diabetic, you have five meals that are prepackaged for you. So you just go into your prepackaged supply of meals. You, you have five meals. You're eating every couple of hours for this window that they give you. And uh, you have the five prepackaged meals. And then you have a, a dinner that you can create from what we call the lean and green um, you know, list of options, which is very similar to what you would have on keto. But what's so strange about this diet program is that I'm never hungry. In fact, I, I find it that I sometimes can't really make myself eat the six meals. A lot of days I, I, I miss one or two of those meals because I just, I'm not hungry. And that's always what really killed me on any diet I was on was the, you know, that, that hunger feeling that you can ignore it in the beginning when your willpower is super strong. But after a few weeks, you give into that and you cheat and you're at the refrigerator and you're eating what you shouldn't eat. And you're at the grocery store buying food you shouldn't be bringing home. That doesn't happen on this program. So just take a look at me. <laughs> I'm a different person. I mean, I'm literally physically a different person. People are starting to come up and ask me. I think the funniest ones are the ones that come up and ask me and say, Jim, I don't know what's different about you, but something's different about you. They can't, they, they can't really um, see the weight loss in particular. They just know something's really different about me. Like, what's different? Did you used to have a beard? Uh, were, were you bald and now you have hair? They can't really figure it out. That's the fun. Those are the funny ones. But most people can tell that it's it's a weight loss thing. And uh, uh, it's 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 transformative in, in less than 40 days. So let me tell you kind of the other side of this, that I had no intention. I didn't even really know it was possible. It was really a possibility. So after all this weight that I've lost, and I'm going to lose probably another 40 pounds, I think, is my goal. So I want to be a total of 60 pounds down. So my, my goal is 160 from where I was, I think like one, 225. So I'm trying to get down to like uh, 165, 160, somewhere in that range. So that'll be another couple of months probably down the road before I hit that. But the side of this I did not know about was because I have a coach that talks to me all through the week, makes sure I'm on the program, answers my questions. I've done so well on the diet that they've now invited me that I can become trained to be a coach. Now, it's not really about the money side of it, but I love the idea of learning enough about this whole program to actually be a coach myself because I kind of have this philosophy in life, which I've applied to a lot of things that when you really want to become a master of a skill that you need to reach the point that you're a teacher. And that's what uh, I've done in the martial arts. So I've been teaching martial arts for several years. And I've always said that I learned so much more as a teacher 
than I ever learned as a student. There's sort of this, I guess, um, different perspective that you look at things in when you're teaching. And so that's what got me excited about the coaching side of it. So they invited me to go into this training program to be a coach. So over the next um, month or so, I think I'm going to have, I think I'm going to open it up to like maybe 15 or 20 people. If you want to email me, jim at christianmoney.com or private message me on Facebook where I will talk to you on the phone, no obligation, tell you about the program, and then you'll be able to work with me and my mentor and do the same program that I'm doing. And what I'm just starting to learn about is the business side of this where you get money every month for every client you have. And so I'm really not motivated by that so much as the knowledge and the learning but I know a lot of you are looking for other income opportunities. So assuming you get on the program like I did, you lose the weight like I did, you then become a coach like I'm doing, this could become a part-time business for you where you're making a few thousand dollars a month doing it as a part-time thing. So all of that being said, um, just look at me. Uh, if you want to see the before and after pictures, go to Facebook, you'll see the before and after pictures. And I, you know, here's what I do on this show. I throw things out and then whatever feedback I get, we're reaching like 50,000 people a month now with the show. Every week it's a new record of downloads and it's taken us a few years to get to this point, but I'm always listening for feedback and I know we're coming up on January 1st. I know that everybody has these resolutions, lose weight, get your money under control, blah, blah, blah. Um, so if that's you, if you're thinking about, January 1st and, and, and making your health a priority. I've been getting so much good feedback about me talking about my diet, telling people where I'm at with that. Uh, and by the way, my coach says, don't call it a diet, call it a program. So if she's listening, forgive me. I just, I keep reverting back to the word diet, but uh, yeah, it is a program. It's not really a diet because I always think of diet like I'm going without something, but this is different. You get these you know, five small meals, and then you get your regular lean and green meal and you're never hungry. And, uh, it just, it's, it, I'll tell you what, it's, it's not only are you consuming less calories, but you're not hungry, but because you're having these tiny meals all throughout the day, what's happening is, and remember this was designed by a doctor for people with diabetes. What this is doing is every time you have one of these tiny meals, it's telling your body to rev up and start burning calories again. And, and so this is a proven scientific method to really turbocharge your fat burning and your metabolism. In any case, enough about that. I just wanted to throw that out. Uh, let people know that if you want to be one of the people that get to work with me, it's going to be limited to like 15 or 20 people. And, um, I'm not sure I'm going to go beyond that at least for a few weeks because I can't deal with that on top of all my other obligations, but it's fun and I'm learning a lot. Okay. Let's shift into some other news. Uh, Anthony Fauci, our favorite friend, our guiding light. Uh, Fauci is warning again that time is running short to prevent what he's calling a quote unquote dangerous COVID surge in the U S and he's all fired up about again, trying to get more people vaccinated. Uh, I think we're at over 80% right now. Um, he wants more people vaccinated, but the real push now is for these so-called booster shots and they're pushing one booster shot for most of us. 
And then they're already starting to talk about a second booster shot. Now, I did the vaccine. I know a lot of you that are watching and listening, you didn't do the vaccine. I've always been um, sort of neutral on it, saying, look, if you want to get the vaccine, get it. If you have a problem with getting it, you shouldn't be forced to get it. In my case, because of some of my activities where I'm around some people that have medical issues that are older, I decided I wanted to get it really more for them than for me. And that's what I personally decided to do. My wife hasn't gotten the vaccine. That's what she's decided to do. Um, it is funny because these are the same liberals that use the argument that it's my body when they talk about abortion, which, of course, a living, breathing human being inside you <laughs> is is not your body. But we're not going to talk about abortion right now. But I just think it's crazy that those same people that claim that a fetus, a baby inside of a woman is also the woman's body. Those those people that say it's my body, my choice are saying, no, you don't have the choice when it comes to the vaccine. But if I talk too much about the vaccine, I'll get another strike from YouTube and I'll probably be taken down. So we try not to talk too much about it uh, on the Sunday night show because uh, we'll end up losing that outlet. Okay. I want to talk about something. I'm going to be talking about this every show that I do between now and, you know, right after the first of the year. I want to talk about the topic of suicide. And I want to tell you something that happened to me last week. And it's, it's a funny thing because when you read the Bible and you, you know, especially the New Testament and you read the Gospels and you, and you read these stories of Jesus and his disciples and how they're, you know, walking down the street and somebody comes up and needs to be healed or they run into this person who has this issue or that issue. We read these as stories and we don't really think of ourselves as living that kind of life. In other words, we don't think of ourselves getting up in the morning and being one of Christ's disciples and walking out our front door, going to the grocery store, going to the coffee shop, going to our place of work, and thinking that those kinds of spiritual encounters are things that we will have. Those are stories from the Bible. Those aren't stories for us. But the more, the, the longer I live, I'm 56 years old, the longer I live, the more I know that when I slow down and I pay attention to what's happening around me, and I start looking at the world. I start every one of us as believers are, are in these situations every day where literally you're sitting at the coffee shop and there's somebody right near you that, that needs Christ, that needs encouragement, that needs hope. So, so here's my story. Um, I, I'm walking out of Starbucks and I know a lot of you hate Starbucks, but I go to Starbucks. It's right by my house. I go there a lot and I've got a lot of friends there. So <laughs> I don't agree with their politics, but I digress. So I'm walking out of Starbucks and all of a sudden I see this guy, he's sitting there with one of the Starbucks employees and he's talking really loud about how depressed he is and this and that. And I don't remember exactly how it happened, but somehow he turns to me as I'm walking past and he like brings me into the conversation which, which happens a lot at Starbucks where you're kind of there and then somebody is having a discussion, whether it's about politics or the weather or whatever, and they sort of like bring you into that conversation. So this guy, he, bring, he kind of invites me into the conversation 
and starts talking about that a year ago his uh, his wife died of cancer and he starts talking openly about that he's planning to kill himself because in his mind he has nothing left to live for and I'm just I'm kind of stunned because this guy's being so open about it and I sit down and start to talk to him I don't know if I made any impact I said the things you say I told him that look uh, I've been there myself when you get to that moment that you think your life is over, uh, it's really an illusion. You're looking into this dark abyss and you're thinking nothing better could be, could be f- there for you in the future and you're not seeing things clearly. And then when you get to that point that you feel like you want to kill yourself, you realize that it really can't get any worse, right? Why not stay around to see what might happen? And, and this is one of the problems with mental illness is that when you reach that point that you yourself are making life decisions. You know, I might kill myself. You're, you're saying that out loud. That's really a cry for help. For help. There's a phone number I want to give everybody. Uh, it's the suicide hotline, the National Suicide Crisis Hotline. And I want to give this number out tonight. I want to give it out every show. It's 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. You can go on the internet. You can type in suicide and it'll come right up on on Google. These people are available 24 hours to talk to you. Even better would be to try to connect with a local church, to try to not just get sort of secular help on the issue of suicide and depression during the holidays, but to get a a Christian, a spiritual perspective on it. I'm saying this for two, two audiences tonight, two audiences. One if you're somebody right now that is, is suffering from depression, I suffer from depression. I, I've suffered from it for many years. Um, it's it's an interesting thing in the Christian community because a lot of Christians say, oh, well, if you just trust God and you have faith and you pray, go to church, read the right books, you're going to get through that. You're not going to feel like that. And for some reason, mental illness is not looked at the same way as a physical illness. Uh, someone once said to me, you'd be better off if you had a broken leg, you'd get more sympathy and more help than if you were struggling with depression or anxiety or PTSD or any of these other mental illnesses that are serious, serious issues. So I'm talking to two audiences. If you're watching tonight, if you're listening tonight and you yourself are feeling like you can't go on, you're feeling like you are at that moment or maybe you're considering taking your own life, email me, email me, jim at christianmoney.com. I will personally connect with you and help you find help. But if if that's not fast enough for you to get the answer, call 800-273-8255. The other group I'm talking to is, are those that are not suicidal, are not depressed. It gets so easy to put your blinders on and go into the grocery store to get your groceries, get your turkey, get your stuffing, get your gravy, get out to the department store, get your gifts for the, for the holiday season, go get the Christmas tree. It gets, it's so easy to look in your peripheral vision to see people that are hurting around you and realize that that person sitting at the coffee shop across from you that maybe if you took your head up for a minute from your phone 
and you're texting or your book, you might see a tear or two uh, rolling down their face. And that might give you an opportunity to go over and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Can I can I help you? Can I talk to you? Sometimes you have to slow down a little bit and look at the world through a spiritual a spiritual lens to see these things that are happening around you. And the most tragic part of it is the people that you see every day because you hear the stories of suicide. I, I've had so many people in my life commit suicide. Uh, I just went through a tragedy six weeks ago. One of my closest, dearest friends, her husband, committed suicide. And the stories you hear after are, oh, if I had known I would have said this, I would have done this, I would have offered this help. Uh, your next door neighbor commits suicide. Oh, I see, I saw him every day. He'd come out to his car, he'd get his mail, he'd bring out his garbage. I never talked to him, I, I just thought he was fine. Uh, somebody that you sit next to at work, uh, somebody that you sit next to at church, somebody in your own family. And a lot of this is because we're we're so busy and we're so task oriented during the holidays, all the stuff we got to do, all these gifts we've got to buy, all this food we've got to buy and prepare that we're not looking at what's happening around us. Now I've read different things. Some people say, uh, you know, during the holidays, suicide spike. And then I've read other studies that say it's not anymore during the suicide, any more suicides during the holiday. But I can tell you this, there's definitely a lot more depression during the holidays. Why? Because you you look at what's happening. You watch the Hallmark movie, right? You watch the Hallmark movie. You see the young couple that falls in love, that has the perfect Christmas, and you just lost your wife. Your wife just left. You watch your friends having a beautiful Christmas. You lost your job. You don't have the money to have that beautiful Christmas. Maybe you're estranged from uh, your family. Maybe you went through sexual abuse as a child, and now you don't go to the big family Christmas anymore. I've heard all these stories. This is a terrible time of year to be alone. If you know someone that is alone, go go walk your street where you live. I do this every year. I walk my street. I go to widows' homes and I ask them, do you have anywhere to go for the holidays? And at a minimum, I'll make an extra plate of food and bring it to them. Uh, I'll tell you what, no one is ever going to be, you knocked on their door and said, Hey, are you okay? Do you have somewhere to go for Thanksgiving? Do you have somewhere to go for Christmas? Can I bring you a plate of food? Uh, if, if you don't have a, a Christmas dinner, um, these are things that as Christians we should be doing. And so much of it is just simply being open to the Holy spirit and being open to just looking at what's happening around you. You know, some people talk a lot about having the gift of discernment and and that's great and i know there is the gift of discernment but sometimes you don't really need a spiritual gift you just need to get your head up from your phone and look around you i mean even at people in your own family that right now could be at risk so two two groups tonight if you're someone that's at risk let me know i want to help you jim at christianmoney.com if you can't wait for an answer from me until later tonight or tomorrow, call the suicide hotline right now, 800-273-8255-CHURCH. I've been there. It's nothing to be ashamed about if you're somebody that's struggling with depression. If you're somebody that's not struggling, then become empathetic. Start looking around you because those, are, those people are everywhere, especially this 
time of year. Okay, we're going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, our special guest, I'm so excited. I've admired him for years. Of course, I'm from Chicago. This is uh, the senior pastor of the Moody Church. I mean, how much more Chicago can you be than that? Dr. Irwin Lutzer is here. His book is We Will Not Be Silenced. We'll take a one-minute break, refire the open, and we'll be back. Stand by.